Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Rainstock Play and welcome to our third and final preview for the T20 World Cup, which starts in just a couple of days time. Uh, I'm joined by Zach and I don't quite know what to call this pod, Zach. We've had the Minnows pod. We've had the Favourites pod. And this is just sort of the rest of the teams that are all right and probably won't win, except one which you think might. Do we, is, that, is there a better name than that? I mean, I'd just say the dark horses, although there never really are dark horses in cricket because they're just we can't have five teams. dark horses. Zach, there's five dark horses in, a, in a, an event with twelve teams. <laughs> I think I think there could easily be, if if wow, if more than two, if if two of these sides that we talk about today qualify for the semi-finals, it will be a bit of a shock. Yeah, agreed. One, one agreed. of them has to qualify because we've only got three favourites. But if more than one of them qualifies, and I will say I'm gonna I will say in a minute which one I expect to qualify, yeah, then it will be a shock. It would be kind of good to see, but the worrying thing is as England fans, it'll probably be England who um miss out if No, if don't say that. Do not say that. Um, so this part will be looking at Pakistan, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, and Afghanistan. Uh, as we did in the previous pods, or in the Minnows pod, we'll split this up between me and Zach, who have specialised in two or three teams each. Uh, Zach, you've won the task, you've decided to bat first, and you would chat about Pakistan, who are probably probably the dark horse, right? And I don't, I don't want to keep using that turn of phrase, but I think these guys are, right? You, you like them. I think so, yeah. I think they should qualify. They should they should be aiming for semi-finals at least. And once you get to that point in T20 cricket, who knows? It's they are the team that's going to benefit the most from the move because they played a lot of cricket in the UAE. They they've had a you know it's been five years since their last since the last T20 World Cup, and in that time the PSL has come and is now probably it's one of the best T20 tournaments in the world. A lot of that has been played in the UAE, so a lot of a, You'd say every every Pakistan player has played a lot of cricket in the UAE in these last five years. So they're in a good position. The worrying thing for me, and it's, it's, it is typical Pakistan, is that they've done some squad changes very last minute, quite a few. They've also done changing of all the management in about two, like about three weeks ago or so or about a month ago which again is is something that has happened I, I saw a, it's something that happened both times they won an ICC tournament previously though so the omens are good for Pakistan but you just never know and that's it's why they're one of my favorite teams because 
they could, you know, they could so easily win it. They could also crash and burn and finish, you know, bottom of their group because reasons. Yeah, <laughs> it's always reasons with Pakistan as well, isn't it? If they don't do well, it's reasons. But otherwise, they're a fun team to watch. I was just, I just quickly Googled their, they obviously toured England this year. I kind of half forgot about that with the, the density of cricket at the minute. Um, and that first game, they put 232 onto the board. Uh, that was handy. Uh, Babar Azam getting 85. So, is batting their strongest point, do you, do you think? I mean, that's a pretty formidable total. They didn't look great for the rest of that series, it must say. They lost the next two games. I mean, pace bowling is their strong suit. Yeah. If there's a, there's no other team has as many bowlers in their ranks that could that can bowl at that 140. I saw, a, a, I retweeted it on the, um, on the Rainstock player account a couple of weeks ago of the amount of players that have clocked in because their national T20 Cup, which is different to the, it's different to the PSL, but it's, it is going on at the moment. And there's only six teams in it. And the quality is really good. And it's all on YouTube. There's been some amazing... Shaheen Shah Afridi has been doing Shaheen Shah Afridi things. And there's no... He's one of the best bowlers in the world. He, When I was uh, in bed yesterday, I was doing my T20 World 11, just really randomly. And he obviously <laughs> makes it. Babar also makes it. So I think their bowling attack is definitely their strong suit. Shaheen Shah Afridi can bowl throughout an innings and is you know, brilliant, has been for a couple of years. He seems like a senior member of the attack, as we've said in previous podcasts. And he's, I think, 21, 22 now, maybe. Other than that, Harris Ralph is faster than him and is a lot of fun as well. He had a really good, he kind of broke out in a, well, in a PSL and then went to a BBL and just absolutely tore it up for the Melbourne Stars a couple of years back. He was the one who got hit for that absolutely mammoth six over the stand by Liam Livingston, though. So potentially is a little bit predictable, but he can bowl really, really quickly, which I think we're not expecting the pitches to be the best for uh, pace bowling. So, you know, that lightning fast pace can make the difference there. Other than that, the the bowling is the bowling is a strong suit, although the the spinners aren't. You'd say Shadab Khan and Imad Wazim, they're decent. They're not world class though. I wouldn't say. I think they're decent enough. And also the fact that they can both bat helps balance the side quite nicely. One problem for them, well, a couple of problems for them, is that they got rid of a couple of people who f- from the squad changes. They got rid of Azam Khan and Kushdil, who are two good big hitting players who are good at hitting spin. And they brought in, they brought they brought in Malik, who Shoaib Malik is, you know, he's, I mean, he's Shoaib like, Malik, the Shoaib Malik, the yeah, one who is forty two. Yeah, I mean, he's not as old as Mohammed Hafiz, though, is he? So, you know, I, the thing the thing with them is that they don't they don't hit many sixes. They set the game up really nicely. Babar and and Rizwan are very good at the top of the order and will be, and you'd expect them to be. You know, they could easily be 70 or 80 without loss after 10 overs, but it's going on from there. They, the, the platforms that are set are very good. You don't expect them to be absolutely flying out the gates. You expect them to set a good platform of about an eight and over. And from there, they don't necessarily push on that well often, which is a bit of a problem. But, you know, apparently this is now the squad Babar would want. I saw someone saying this is this is more his squad rather than the squad before was maybe, you know, a few players away from that. I think it's a very good squad. I think they're a very good team. And, you know, like we said, they will be good in the UAE or they should be, at least. I would expect them to finish in the semi-finals. They 
Their problem could be in the semi-finals because they don't have any off-spin other than Mohamed Hafiz, who is massively a part-timer. So they don't have anyone who turns the ball away from the left-hander. And in the semi-final, they could face uh, uh, sorry, they couldn't face Australia. They could face Australia. We don't expect Australia to get there. They will <laughs> most likely face West Indies or England, who are two of the most left-handed dominated sides. That's so, an inter- you've you've gone deep into this, Zach. That is some excellent analysis. That I mean, Hafiz is all right. He's handy, isn't he? But he's no, uh, yeah, he's no full-time spinner. Who is in Pakistan's group? Just remind me. So Pakistan are in the same group as. Uh, India, which is their first game, which is yes, please. Brilliant. Oh, bring that on. Absolutely. Very excited for that one. So they're in the same group as India. They're in the same group as New Zealand, and they're in the same group as Afghanistan. That's a tough group. That is interesting that prior to uh, obviously the, the other four teams qualifying into the Super 12, that all the subcontinental teams in the same group, That that's that's a bit of interesting excitement, isn't it? Mm, absolutely yeah i mean it's it is a difficult group i don't think there is an easy group i i would probably say it's easier than the other group but slightly maybe like, it depends <laughs> whose perspective you're coming from i think i'm coming from this from a very english centric point of view and i quite like the look of our group at the minute so obviously if you're south africa you're less keen but we'll come yeah. on to that in a minute yeah so i think this this you know this team they would be expecting to get to the semi-finals they should be expecting to get to the semi-finals there's been some poor form from a couple of the players we mentioned show malik he had an absolutely awful cpl and his record was his it's just been in awful form but you know he is a left-hander no he's not fuck as a man is a left-hander That's sorry you're after, yeah. confused and he's been brought into the squad because other than that they don't really have many left-handers as well and that could be a problem particularly if you look at them playing even New Zealand have two players who can turn the ball away from a right-hander. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, Afghanistan are quite good at spinning the ball, as we're going to come on to. So they could cause them problems. I think they will do. They will do what Pakistan do. They could even beat India, but I would think they'll lose to they'll lose to someone. They'll lose to Afghanistan, or they might lose yeah. to New Zealand in a shock. That's that's just it's... the way they do tournaments, isn't it? It is, and it's interesting because their first three games against the three teams have already qualified. So their final two games, the group stage, will be against two qualifiers. So you still feel like if they come out of those first three games with only one win under their belt, they could go and win those last two and, and probably sneak a place through. Um, but yeah, wouldn't if if they hit the ground running and beat India, that semi-final place should be almost secure. Just just for vibes only. That's huge for their morale probably and Pakistan is the kind of team that need that kind of move don't they that kind of you say that but it it would be so Pakistan to beat India and then not qualify yeah that that would be that would be that really would be I mean I don't know ask a couple of Pakistani fans if they'd prefer to beat India and not qualify and just see (laughs) just see how much that means to them I imagine a semi-final berth would be better than that um so for you Zach yeah you're thinking at least a semi-final yeah I think so, yeah. I, I mean, I think they're the strongest team we're going to talk about today. The conditions suit them, and they're 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 just in a better spot than a lot of the other teams. I think the only worry could be if if they don't manage to kind of post those bigger scores from that, but they do have, you know, their bowlers should be able to get them out of a few holes. Yeah, well said. I think I have to agree with you on that. 
and I'll be surprised if they don't make it. And as you said at the top of the pod, this is the episode of if two teams qualify for the semi-final, we'd be surprised. This is one of those we you, you could put a decent bit of money on, I reckon, to to get that far. Okay, um, let's move on. I've got South Africa, which is a much different story um, to what we were just talking about. Pakistan, uh, their best finish in a World T20s in the semi-finals in 09 and 2014. Uh, they were knocked out in the Super 10s in the 2016 tournament. Uh, but that was a different lifetime ago, realistically, wasn't it? We can't talk too much about that. Um, it's a it's a squad of two halves, should we say? Because there are some guns in here. If you as you've written in the notes, Zach, I like that phrase uh, for the likes of Rabada, De Kock, uh, Norkia, and Shamsi, who you've said is the best T20 bowler in the world. Zach, I'll come on to that with you in a second. Um, yeah, okay, maybe rankings, uh, rankings. Is he okay? Is he officially? Is he officially? I, I don't agree, but he is officially the best T20. Oh, see, you you wrote that in the notes like you were saying that sarcastically, like he's officially <laughs> the best. So, okay, so he is. Okay, well, we'll come on to whether we agree on that or not or later on. Uh, but that's a very solid bowling attack, but it's pretty much where it ends, lacking in the middle order, lacking that player that bats a bit and bowls a little bit. And I need to start with the omissions in this squad so no ab davidias which we knew about for reasons as is always with south africa reasons um you know chris morris who is the most expensive player at this year's ipl uh no faf duplessis who's currently playing very well for csk in the ipl which has been hosted in the uae where the world cup's about to happen uh no imran tahir who i heard on a podcast is the second best leg spinner in t20 cricket still not not quite behind that, but I think he deserved a pick. Uh, and the likes of Colin Ingram and Ryan Russo, who are probably a little bit past their best, but could definitely feature in the middle order of this of this team, are not in this squad. Um, so they could have named a great size, uh, a great squad as well, but they didn't. They simply didn't. They've got this sort of half on half on off squad um, that doesn't really look like it's going to perform for me. Um, Zach, what do you reckon to this? I think you, you this is definitely your note because you put a little sad face next to it. No, George Linder, who we enjoyed watching so much for those couple of uh, T20s where England were in South Africa last year, I want to say. And he would have sort of shored up that number seven position if somebody bowls and bats a little bit. But there's no one who does that for South Africa. So despite this like gun um, bowling attack, there really isn't much else to speak or write home about for these guys. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a problem that a few sides have, that they don't have a top six option that bowls. England are very lucky in the fact that we have Marin Ali could bat in the top six. Ben Stokes is obviously not playing, but and then there's a few options there. Other teams don't have this. We're get, I mean, we're going to talk about more of them in a minute, but South Africa particularly don't. And the fact they haven't picked Linda, I thought when we saw him for that series, we you know didn't know much about him. I remember looking up his kind of averages in domestic cricket good yeah he looked good at that point and we hadn't seen any of him but then then it was oh he, this guy looks really good surely this guy's a you know he's an absolute lock because he's a second spinning option yeah there's some it's just some surprising things like the second spinner is something that we that i think we, um we touched on particularly when we were doing when we were covering that series because it was shamsi was a lock and still is although he got you know, he did get, you know, pelted around by Bairstow in that series. That was great fun to watch. But the second one, Maharaj is in the squad. But again, he doesn't, he can bat. 
he, you know, he can bat in Test cricket. I don't really see yeah. him as a. He's not the one T20 you want in a T Twenty. You can get like I don't know. We were speaking about Tim South before it came on air, who can hit a six. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not asking. We're not asking for a full all rounder here, but we're asking for a bowler who can pick up a bat for yeah. twelve or four. You know what I mean? Yeah, Aidan Markram is one player who does bowl a bit and ha- did actually bowl recently. Yeah, yeah. Kind of he's, he, they, he's one of those where they, where they might stick him in the power play, just stick him one over or two just to get an over out the way, kind of hide an over. And that's something that's interesting. He's a player who I think he's had some real mixed form in test cricket. His T20, yeah, he's, he's pretty new to the T20 scene. He's been playing a little bit in the IPL and doing okay. Not batting at the top, which is... Accumulate a role, though, for me, is Mark Because I, I see him yeah. as a test cricketer, so I don't, mm. there's no, no reason why he can't be a decent T20 player as well, but mm. not the sort of gun batsman, really, is he? Definitely. Definitely. Um, let's talk about more positively South Africa, then, because you have got uh, Kagisa Rabada, Quinton de Kock, and Einrik Norkia. Norkia, more specifically, I want to talk about, because for Delhi, he's been fantastic. Can bowl a full spell over 150 clicks. And as you mentioned with Pakistan on these dead looking pitches that we're sort of seeing the IPL at the minute, this could be really useful. Um, I think you said before we came on air, Zach, that if these guys, you know, Nokia, Rabada, Dukak, Shamsi, are all on fire, all on their A game, this will give South Africa a chance. But but probably only that, you know, you're asking for quite a lot from these four players. Yeah, absolutely. And I Nokia has been fantastic. Rabada's form's a little bit worrying, though. He's not been his usual kind of absolute top draw, topping the, you know, purple cap holder for most of the IPL that we've seen over the last few years. So it is it is still a bit worrying. I, so, you, you know, and like we said, they, yeah, like I said, all of them need to be top, top of their game. Shamsi needs to be ragging it square and taking wickets consistently for them to do it. And yeah, just the, the bowling. The problem is other than that, which is the same with the batting. There's just no that, depth, is there? There's just it? no depth yeah. at all. And if they get an injury or if it's someone out of Nick, they're, they're, just, in, they're just in deep trouble, really. Uh, their squad, uh, sorry, their squad, their group has got Australia, the West Indies and England in it, plus the two qualifiers, which will come out of Group A and Group B when that happens. Um with Temba Bavuma in charge as well, we've got to mention him as captain and South Africa's general cursed performances in, in ICC events. I just can't see this team getting out of the groups and I'll be surprised, to be honest, if they come out with more than two wins uh, and I, I could see one of the minnows beating them um, and i just got no hope for this team oh, and I'm not particularly excited to watch them either from a neutral's point of view. No, I, I yeah, and I get what you mean. It's a, it's a shame because I feel like I said, I would have said a, at one point, when we were covering that series that I've mentioned the last time we kind of focused on South Africa, that that they were kind of, it felt like they were a couple pieces away from being able to have a good go at this tournament. And they've just, they've not, they've not found those pieces, which uh, is, it's not as easier said than done. Finding world-class cricketers is not, it's not a simple game, but they haven't, I don't know if it's their, their, their domestic structure takes a lot of flack. Rightfully so, in some ways, they lose a lot of players to other things, and they, you know, the 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 administrative mess of South African cricket is it goes on, and it's it not, does, and, and and that mess has stopped the likes of Faf Duplessis playing and De Villiers down the line. You know, I say reasons, but it's all like you said perfectly the mess of South African domestic cricket and some of these players not being on the central contract. They call them freelance players, and they don't want to pick them to confuse things and. 
what they're doing is denying themselves a couple of extra players. You know, if Duplessis was in there, if Russo was in there, if obviously A.B. de Villiers had, had, had gone over his row with, with, with South Africa, which I don't even know what that's about, by the way. I'm sure you can go and read about it. Um, this would be a much stronger squad and they, they don't help themselves. And yeah, it, it's looking a little bit messy. So for me, yeah, these guys won't be making out the group stage. Yeah, I agree. I, I will talk about a team I think they might beat just randomly uh, a bit later once we cover that team. But uh, <laughs> I I don't think they're going to make it at all. I don't want. I don't think they'll beat England, which is our no. it's England's last game. I, I it's would a nice expect, last game to have from an England we wearing mm-hmm. cap on again. Yeah, I would something. expect. I would expect West Indies to beat them. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the qualifiers, like you said, I think a qualifier could easily beat them. A, you know, Sri Lanka on a turning pitch could beat them, or yeah. whoever makes it. We, we, we'll, you know, we've we've covered who we think will probably make it on the on the pre on one of our previous pods. But yeah, a qualifier could beat this South Africa team if if it could. Yeah, we've said if those four players are on the top of their game, absolute top of their game, they could qualify. But if all of them weren't good on a day, they could lose to anyone trouble yeah yeah i think i think that sums it up perfectly for South africa and not much hope for them okay zach you have got australia next they've never won a world t20 interestingly uh their best finish was the runners up in 2010 to the mighty england i've not been i've not watched any australian cricket for a long time i feel a bit out of the loop with these guys just because well they've not played much international cricket with the covid situation in australia and traveling etc i can't even remember when the bbl was well over, well coming up to a year now, isn't it? It's over Christmas, so I'm a little out of the loop here, Zach. So help me out. What's their T20 team looking like for this World Cup, and what sort of hope do you give them? So I think they're going to beat us, but not qualify because oh. I, I think they're going to lose to South Africa. Okay, I, I, don't know. Yeah. I can't, I can't with all the Tim Payne stuff that's going around at the minute. I can't handle us losing to them. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, yeah, but I think they probably they will out of nowhere they will, won't they? They just will beat us. Maxwell will score eighty from forty-five and beat us. So they are, they're not. They've got you know they've got some good players again, but they're not that good. Aaron Finch has come out and said he's worried about the pitches because we've seen the pitches in the IPL deteriorating. Him and Matthew Wade have both said they don't know whether new pitches are going to be laid, which I hope. New pitches will be laid because we all want ones, that. They look rough at the minute, don't they? Exactly. exactly. They're not looking good. So I've seen some reports today that Mitch Marsh is going to bat at three for them. And we presume Finch and Warner now they're both fit will bat will open the batting. Mitch Marsh will bat at three. So that asks the question, where's Steve Smith going to bat? Because surely Maxwell bats at four. Lower down than that, oh, anyone's game really. But you're not going to bat Steve Smith. Even Steve Smith at four seems weird. He's a bit in the way, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's like, Absolutely. he's like, I don't want to say like Stokes, because he was a bit awkward for the T20 side. As much as we all love him, and we can't wait to see him back in England key. He was a little bit awkward with like, mm-hmm. where do you want to play him? But I feel like that with Smith a little bit. Like you want to play yeah. him, but in what role? With what else Australia have got? You know. Yeah, I, the the big thing for me is that Australia keep picking players who aren't who who like so Marcus Stoinis struggled as a finisher when they played in England last summer, and it's because he opens the batting for the Melbourne Stars. Matthew Wade opens the batting for Hobart Hurricanes, but has indicated in an article today or in the last few days saying that he's expecting to be middle or lower order and that he's okay with that. 
and he may be okay with that, but his record is is terrible in that sense. Batting in 26 innings, batting between numbers four and seven, he averages 12.2, and in Asia, mm. he averages nine. Mm. That's pretty hopeless. So it's pretty poor, isn't it? And he he did open. He so he is their main wicketkeeper. He's been outlined as being their main wicketkeeper, so he's going to play. The much more exciting option for wicketkeeper batsman is someone who has been he has been called the backup wicketkeeper in their in some of their squad announcements. So he's not going to play as Josh Inglis, someone who has dominated the Big Bash for a few years. He um, he is plays really good at playing the ball spinning away from him, which is something that people generally aren't very good at. Uh, Marsh, Mitch Marsh said he hits the ball to funny areas in an interview Mitch Marsh did, which I, I, I like. I like the yeah. way I like that turn of phrase. Yeah, he hits the ball to funny areas, which basically is him saying he's really great at hitting the ball over cover. Over cover, so it's almost like he, it's almost like he's a left-hander, but he's not. Yes. I think yeah, the, I the the bowling is, I think that the bowling is an interesting one because obviously Mitchell Stark doesn't play much T20 cricket outside of ICC tournaments, and then is really good. It's a bit like uh, how we covered the West Indies, where their ranking you wouldn't ever really say that the West Indies ranking is shows of how good they are because they rest and rotate their players. So often Mitchell Stark is doesn't play. He doesn't seem to play much cricket because of but that's, he's but then that's why he's probably so good, you know, because he can just come and turn it on in little four over spells once every. Absolutely. Two, you know? Absolutely. I think Hazelwood is, is another interesting one. He's been, he's been surprisingly quite good. I think when he first started playing T20 cricket, um, well, a bit more regularly for Australia in that, in that series last summer, we we were kind of like oh yeah how's this gonna go you know oh, yeah we're putting it on the same line in length he's gonna get pelted around and actually he's he's been pretty good for for CSA a test, a test line in length is is good in any format right I think that's what he proves I think I think particularly as kind of a coming at the beginning of the innings but he's bowled a bit of the death as well not been he's not been you know he's not tearing up trees but he's uh he's been all right and then you know you've got Pat Cummins who. He's, I mean, he's it been very disappointing for a while for for KKR, but you know he's all right. I think that they're just all right, aren't they, Australia? They're not. They're That's not. That's why amazing. they're in this pod, Zach. That's why they're yeah. not. They're not in the potential winners. They're not in the minnows. They're just sort of there. Yeah, I think the biggest person for if Australia were going to do well in this is is Adam Zampa. He is very high up on the ICC's rankings. He is pretty good, you know. But again hasn't really ever performed in the IPL that well you know I don't think he's playing in this in this part of it he's played he played for RCB last year when it was in when it was in the UAE and wasn't amazing didn't play that many games it's it's tough it's tough for it's like a, but it's like Adil Rashid for me like he's like a very good leg spin Adil Rashid so is Zampa that you know neither have had great IPL careers Rashid's barely had an IPL career so I know what you mean by that. I feel like he turns it on a bit more in, in the old yellow and gold, though. Yeah, completely. Not yellow and gold. Green and gold. Green yellow and gold, gold would be a horrible kit, wouldn't it? That would be disgusting. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's just slightly yeah. off, two off yellows. Anyway, yeah, I agree. But have they got any of the spinning options in Australia? Is he, is he the one? Is Lion he, he's going to be the main one. Uh, I... I'm not. No, I, no, no, Nathan the wrong Zach. Nathan Lyons not playing T20 cricket. What Ashton about Agar Ashton Agar? Ashton you want? Probably play Justin Langer. Really likes him because I think just Perth generally, Western <laughs> Australia generally, uh, JL as they like to call it. JL, <laughs> JL. Uh, but he's not that good. Well, he is. He's all right, you know. But he again, he's all right. His strike rate is not good enough for him to bat at number seven. 
he's not but then he's not a good enough bowler to kind of counteract that yes yes you he's like you know how south africa had that problem not filling that mm. i wouldn't want to fill that with ashenega do you know no. what i mean like he's, I he's almost not... think, when we think of sam i've i've written in the notes he's i almost think of him as the sam curran of australia and that's not in t20 cricket i think sam curran is a very useful player in t20 cricket but in test cricket sam curran is almost not good enough at batting and not quite good enough at bowling yes yes to be to be that player i think ashton agar is not quite good enough at bowling and not quite good enough at batting so I it's like kind that of the same thing I, the couple let's talk about a couple of the players who haven't made this squad who could have been interesting so josh Philippi, we've spoken about a lot massive fans of him over here at rain stop play hq but and he his record in t20i's is pretty atrocious right he hasn't performed well but he hasn't been moved up and down the order because they don't want to break up Finch and Warner, do they? They can't break up Finch and Warner. <laughs> I, you know, I think personally they should have, you know, stuck him at the top of the order and gone, well, you know, you've been doing this for three years. You've won two BBLs in a row for, for the Sydney Sixers. You're a brilliant hitter of pace at the top of the order. Back you at the top of the order. Let's go. You're, you're going to be our play. You're going to be our opening batsman for the next 10 years. Go. And obviously, if it doesn't work in a couple of years, then it doesn't work. Other than that, they've got Tim David. We've spoke about previously about him. We spoke about him as one of the kind of players in our IPL auction, not our IPL auction pod. In, in one of the pods, we've talked about the um, new players in the IPL. He uh, is Singaporean, but could qualify to play for Australia. Isn't in the squad, has had a great year, was brilliant in the BBL, was brilliant in the PSL, brilliant in the CPL, brilliant in the one day cup in England for Surrey. But he's, if he'd have been in, if he'd have been in the IPL tearing it up, then maybe they could have, they could have made the, they could have sorted it out. They could have, but he played one game and scored one. So he's gosh, no, to to get all that squad exactly no you got to do a lot to like go through that process and go right we, we want you and one run doesn't help yeah one person i haven't really touched on who is who is definitely one of the most important players in this in this team is is glenn maxwell he's so talented we've spoken about how amazing players are, you know when we spoke about moeen ali about him being kind of it being so amazing to watch him but also so frustrating at times because you know he's got that talent maxwell is in is in that mold as well and he's such a good player and he's so important he's been really good in this second bit of the ipl after a couple you know really not good years in the ipl he's been class was it last year he didn't hit a six so he's had a better one this year at least that's all right definitely four four fifties in a row uh quite recently towards the back end of the tournament and that, you know, huge. We, me and Will even spoke about him last week. Potentially, could he captain RCB next year? It's a, it's a weird, you know, other than that, we, we, were, we were really scraping the barrel for who could captain with Coley still in the team. But uh, <laughs> I think he's, Maxwell is good. He's very good at hitting spin. His revert, his switch hit is, you know, he's the, I would say, I have no, no metrics to back this up, but he's the best switch hitter in world cricket currently. He's yeah, the one just by vibes, like, isn't it? Forget yeah. all your quick viz, very deep databases of information. By vibes alone, he is the holder of the switch hit title. Absolutely, absolutely. So him having a really, really good tournament is the is the only thing I can see bringing Australia through the group. I, I like that as well because I think this is a solid this is a solid side, and if they. If all their solid players can be, you know, seven, eight out of ten, 
but then Glenn Maxwell has a 10 out of 10. That'll get them over the line in these close games and it'll get them potentially out of the group stages and beat some good teams that are in their group, such as England. Um, oh, last thing on Maxwell as well, the sneaky over, the sneaky power play over. See, wait, look, look out for plenty of them um, for this because he, he loves a bit of that and he's, he's pretty handy at it as well. Uh, so how far are they going to travel, Zach, for you in, in this tournament? You've already said they're going to beat England and not qualify. Is that, are you sticking by that? Yeah, I'm sticking by that. They're going to beat England. They're going to lose to, they're going to lose to South Africa. They're going to lose to the West Indies. They're then going to, they're then going to out of nowhere lose to, you know, Bangladesh or Sri Lanka, whichever one ends up in, in the group or, you know, Ireland are going to beat them out of nowhere. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm not. I'm with you on they won't qualify, but I think they might beat those two teams that qualify yeah, from I think, the, uh, I think the those groups. But uh, oh gosh, it's tricky because you, we, I'm just thinking the two teams that are going to come out of this group are West Indies and England. So by that default, but by default Australia can't. But I, I quite like this team after chatting about it. So maybe I'm going to say Australia and England go through, and the West Indies perhaps fall out. So. Wow. Yeah, I might, I might do that. I might stick my neck out and go for that. I'm doing it. I'm saying it. It sounds okay out of my mouth. I don't like saying it, uh, but because Tim Payne isn't part of this squad, I don't, I don't really care. These are all decent enough blokes. I, I uh, would say on. one, one, one final thing on this team is that they have, they've been dealt a bit of a, a bit of a, a poor hand because obviously this, this World Cup was meant to be, uh, in Australia <laughs> initially. Yes, last year yeah, of course. in Australia. How can we, how can we forget that? So, yeah. <laughs> So obviously they've been preparing for a World Cup at home, which will still happen next year. And they will be looking towards that as more of a target. And I hope by then they pick some of these players who have been, you know, tearing it up. There's their pace bowling. There's players they've not picked in there that we haven't even mentioned. Jai Richardson, Jason Berendorf's been doing it for years and years. Riley Meredith. Maybe even Andrew Ty with his 15 different variations. There's so much depth there and there's so much speciality almost there that they haven't gone for. And I think if they were to do badly in this World Cup, it would trigger them to have a change, which I think could be good for them in a year's time. It's interesting that point you make, because I feel like this is a familiar Australia squad. You know, if they have a bad tournament, you could easily see the column inches being filled with uh, a transitional period for Australia. Let's get rid of the dead wood. So, if it goes well, obviously that won't happen. And, and I see what you say about building toward next year, 2022. But perhaps this was the time to blood a couple of those youngsters into an ICC tournament. I know the conditions will be so much different in Australia, and they're so used to that playing domestically. Would you think perhaps it was a time to blood a couple of these guys and and let some of the dead wood, as it were, you know, stay to one side with this one? Or as you as you half put there. Just 2022 is the focus for Australia at the minute. Yeah, I, I think you know they, they they would never say they're they're focusing on the next World Cup. They would they would always say they're focusing on this World Cup. And I think they've kind of it's I don't know. It's almost like their their lack of cricket over the last couple of years has 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 tied one hand behind their back because they haven't had that much of a chance to blood in some of these new players. We mentioned Philippi, we mentioned Inglis, and they've. They've been doing well in domestic cricket and maybe haven't quite made the step up. Inglis hasn't even made it. He hasn't even debuted yet. But I think, yeah, I, I think their their lack of cricket has meant they've gone safe and they will go safe. And it's something that hasn't worked for them in T20 cricket, this playing 
top order batsmen just picking five top order batsmen yeah. doesn't work, no, hasn't they, worked, and won't work. They just look like a one fifty team when they bat first. They'll get chased down. Do you know what I mean? Barring yeah. that max or ten out of ten performance. So, hmm. no, I'm going to say they're going to qualify. I've, I said it already. I think it might be if I get it right. I'll sound really clever. And if I get it wrong, I'll still be happy because Australia didn't qualify. So that's a win-win. That's a win-win for me, very selfishly. Okay, I've got New Zealand now. This is another team I'm a bit down on, as I was South Africa. Uh, top bullet point on our note says a decent team. And they are. They, I mean, you know, test champions and all that. But this is a very different game. Uh, their best finishes at a T20 World Cup were in 2007, 2016. They got to the semifinals. Their main issue for me, and I think for you as well, Zach, we spoke about this, is they're probably missing a spinner. So their squad has Ish Sodi and Mitch Santner. Uh, they didn't pick Ajaz Patel, who toured Bangladesh with a sort of second-string New Zealand team, which I'll come on to in a minute. So I think they're probably missing a spinner. Um, their pace attack uh, has the potential to be really good. you got Bolt, Southie, Jameson, Ferguson. It's quite a familiar lineup again. Same to Australia. I think Ferguson, we know, as the X-Factor, we've seen him do great things at KKR. Bolt was a bit quiet at, at Mumbai this year. And Jameson, who went for a lot of money to RCB. In the first, if, my, if, if I can recall correctly, in the first half of the IPL, prior to the first lockdown, he did okay. He like picked up wickets and was sort of doing all right. And then I, he's been, I've not followed the IPL as much as I normally do in the second half. But for me, Zach, he's not been worth the money to start and has had a really quiet second half of this IPL and so I'm not sure how much form he's bringing into it really and then you put that alongside Tim Southey and I'm not quite sure what this bowling attack how potent this bowling attack could be really yeah I mean him being dropped for uh, Dan Christian in the second half of the IPL is is the most RCB thing ever really (laughs) but um, I think what I remember of him again no stats to back this up from the first half of the IPL that seems like it was years ago is that he was contributing a bit with the bat at the end he hit a few sixes I think he got them over the line in a game or two with the bat which kind of meant okay you know if he can contribute a few wickets then particularly well i suppose they were they were moving around but at the at the state at the rcb's home stadium it's you know it's it's a horrible place to bowl it's a batter's paradise so you know you're not expecting him to go for too few not that they played there but when they picked the squad that was what they were thinking so i mean yes definitely not worth the money could he do something in this t20 world cup i don't expect him to be the man, I think they're going to need Lockie Ferguson to have the World Cup of their lives, basically. And yeah, I completely agree with you. Trent Bolt, he's been quiet, and his, you know, his death bowling isn't, you know, he's not, he's not a death bowler particularly. He's, he can bowl in the power play. He, if the ball's going to swing a little bit, he's going to get it to swing. But you know, and I, I feel like Tim Southey is similar. I, can't, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw. Well, Tim Southey actually has been. I was going to say, I couldn't tell you the last time he played for KKR recently and was okay. It's just a bit okay. It's just a bit middle of the road, isn't it? And and you're right that if these guys can get it to swing early doors, great. But you've got three swing bowlers there. Uh, and then what? I mean, the ball won't swing for for their 12 overs, will it? It will swing for two for Bolton Southies to get a little bit out of it. Ferguson is the, the X factor, as we said. He'll get some middle overs in and his death bowling is very impressive. So that that's an asset for New Zealand. But other than that, I'm, I'm struggling. And then if you look at the spin department... Um, if Shodi is very good in his day, but I think they're going to need him to play very, very well for all of their games. And does Mitch Santner get a game? You know, he, he's always carrying the drinks at CSK. I've not seen him have a game for CSK for a long time. 
it always seems to get picked up in the IPL because he's one of them bowlers who can bat a little bit. And again, I don't see his batting being that great either, to be honest. I don't, you know, you don't think all Santner sixes. You know, I think Santner plinking it around for five off three or something. You know, I think that interesting. So, rounding off the, the bowling attack for New Zealand, Zach, it, 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 is Ishodi enough, basically, to, to keep the side competitive? I think no. No, to, to, to be frank, no, I don't think he is enough. I think they need, they could do with some more spin, basically. And yeah, is, they could. Is Santner going to be that? Probably not, like you said, Dan. The the main thing that annoys me about this is is that um, Adam Milne, who has been coming back from a big injury, but has is a T Twenty bowler. The rest we've named there, we've named three of their Test bowling eleven, and yeah, they they are very they are world class Test bowlers. They're not world class T Twenty bowlers, and Adam Milne is is also not a world class T Twenty bowler, but he is a specialist and is very effective at the death. And I think at the death they're going to be left very short with just Lockie Ferguson to rely on. Yeah, that's a great point. I love the point about having a specialist in there. It feels like they're plugging T20-sized holes with, with with test bowlers who can obviously bowl a ball, but are they as good at it as some specialists are? That's up for debate. Uh, you've got Jimmy Neesham in the middle order who obviously can bowl a little bit as well, so he's a very handy player for them. Uh, on his day, he can be great. Otherwise, he can be, again, a bit middle of the road, to be fair. Uh, Batting-wise, we've obviously got the wonderful Devon Conway, who um, lit up this year uh, in a New Zealand shirt. So we'll see what he can do in an ICC tournament. Kane Williamson is captain. One of the best captains is out there, strategically. He's looked okay for a bad SRH team in the IPL. So, you know, we all know what he can do. Quite a few accumulators here, though, Zach. You know, are they going to be as explosive as some other teams? Um, And their first two games are Pakistan and then India. So I think we'll know pretty quickly, well, we'll know immediately, i.e. after those first few games, whether New Zealand are in this or not. Because I think if they can come out of that with one win, I might, against those two sides, I think I might look at them a bit differently. If they're two losses from two games, I know all that all they'll have left is, is Afghanistan and two of the qualifiers, but that's pretty demoralising, isn't it? So it's pretty much hanging on, on a win from Pakistan or from India. Yeah, absolutely. I think after those two games, depending on how other results go around them, they could be, you know, all but not obviously mathematically out. But you've got to think we've said about Pakistan's uh, fixture list, and that could mean that yeah, they're they're almost they're almost done for. I can't. I can see. I can see Afghanistan beating this New Zealand side. Uh, like like you say, they're they're not. I don't think they're not going to hit two hundred, are they? There, Williamson is a fantastic player if he is surrounded by big hitters. And Devin Conway is an accumulator in himself. Martin Guptill has been in terrible form, I think, for about three years now. Yes, I was. I think we said this before we came on. I can't remember the last time I saw him have a good knock. I mean, in my no. head, he's the Martin Guptill out of that double hundred in the 2015 World Cup. But that's the last memory I've got of him. And that was six years ago. Yeah. Absolutely. And on top of that, you know, Glenn Phillips is, is interesting. He's he's good. He, he's been doing the kind of, he's one of the only ones I would think who's kind of done a bit of T20 circuit in the last year. Played in the in the blast for Gloucestershire and was was pretty good. You know, other than that, it's, Jimmy Neesham is okay, isn't he? You know, he can bowl he's a bit. All right. He's good at bowling. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, yeah, I don't think he's consistent with the bat. And I don't think he's, he's not world class, is he? I think he's lucky to play when he plays in the IPL. Oh, agreed. Yeah, agreed. And we know you don't like him anyway, Zach, from his Twitter account. So 
that's a personal remark. Uh, no, but I agree. I think this is just an okay side. And I said as well, we I don't think of New Zealand as a T20 side ever. Uh, and uh, I mean, back in the day of McCollum and, and such, and when they were a very good 50 over side, which they probably still are. Other than that, I don't see them beating, you know, I don't see them beating that Pakistan and India side. And they'll be winners in the first two and they'll go from there. So yeah, for me, they're not getting out of this group. Zach? They're not getting out of this group. No chance. Lovely. That's nice and concise. Listeners can know that New Zealand are going to be average. And if they're good, good for them. But no. Right. Final team for this podcast is uh, it's yours, Zach. It's Afghanistan. Um, fun for them to not be in the minnows pod. That shows how far they've come as, as a side. You know, they qualified uh, without having to go through the, I don't even know what the first stage is called. I keep calling it the minnow stage, but it's probably a bit harsh on <laughs> Sri Lanka and Bangladesh, isn't it? Um, I, I think it's just... I think it's still called the like the qualifier, which is interesting because they they've already been through a qualifier. All of these teams, so they qualified, but they qualified ahead of getting in the qualifier. As anyway, as, yes, as as covered in previous podcasts, yeah, Afghanistan as in a podcast we haven't recorded yet, just for listeners, in case we have said anything that's a little bit, you know, <laughs> we might not know where we're at. This has been recorded on the day that KKR qualified. Zach, did they win in the end? They did. Yes. That's nice. So for listeners, it's been recorded on the day that KKR qualified for that next game. So if anything disastrous happens, like Kane Williamson, you know, snaps his middle finger or something happens, tough luck. It's happened. It's not happened yet. Anyway, we digress. Afghanistan, Zach, uh, a lot going on, you know, geopolitically in Afghanistan, which has got to be worth mentioning. And it's an exciting time for this team. that They're one of the big boys now. It's, it is an exciting team. It's been a difficult few months and that is an absolutely unbelievable understatement for this team. It's been a very tough time. The ICC only last week confirmed that they would even be competing at this T20 World Cup because um, the Taliban's decision to suspend women's cricket activities has led to the one-off test match they were meant to have in Australia at the end of November, beginning of December, uh, called being called off, which is a massive shame. It's, it's a shame for all parties. It would have been a huge step in them being a full, you know, a full member nation playing a test match in Australia. It was also huge because it was going to be in Tasmania, which doesn't get that many test matches. So that would have been brilliant as well. They, the ICC have said they will discuss their participation in international cricket when they meet next, which will be after the T20 World Cup. I think they decided kind of fair enough. They didn't want to take this decision this close to a, to this tournament. It's, it is a shame their cricketing future is in doubt but it's also you can understand it because the ICC are you know they have set they have set their standards and they have set their rules that to be a full member you have to have a women's team that's that's it you have to have a women's team so they can't they shouldn't be able to break that and compete which is such a shame because like you say they are they're one of the big boys now they're they're a really good side, particularly in T20 cricket. They haven't played a T20I since March. And since then, their captain has changed twice. So um, Asghar Afghan led the team then. Uh, Rashid Khan was made captain since. He then uh, resigned because he wasn't consulted about the initial squad. Nabi is now the captain, who... No, fair enough. We all know, we all know and player. love Nabi. Trevor Bayliss doesn't, because he never got off a game for SRH, but we all love and know Nabi, yeah. 
big fans of Naby over here at Rainstop Play. He did previously hold the position of captain between 2013 and 2015, interestingly enough. Yeah, and then obviously they had uh, Gulbadeen Naib was the captain during the 2019 World Cup. They've had a lot of captains, and it's it's you know turbulent to say the least. They they've got you know their bowling is their massively their strong suit. Rashi Khan, Majib. Rashi Khan is the best T20 bowler in the world. I don't care what the ICC rankings say. Rashi no, Khan's the best. He can't put Shamsi above Rashid Khan. I'm sorry. No, Majib is a mystery spinner who can turn it 15 different ways. And I'm a big fan of him. They're both young. They've both got incredible futures ahead of them. I think Nabi as well. One big omission for me who was in the initial squad. They've again, like Pakistan, changed their squad. Uh, very recently, Case Ahmed's not in the not in the squad. That's interesting. Was initially. There's been no reason given. I presumed it was injury, but I can't find anywhere an actual reason as to why why he's not in the squad. I I think of him as you know he, he's he's again he's also very young. I think he's even he's even younger than the other two, and he was he was pretty good for 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 Kent in the blast. He's he's not playing in the IPL, but he's you know he, he does it around the world. And he's, you know, he's pretty decent for how young he is. And another another spin option in this team that is going to, they're going to need there not to be new pitches, I think, for this team to do well. Their batting is certainly a weaker point, even though they do have some players who have brilliant records in T20i cricket. One of those is uh, Hazratullah Zazai, who uh, is likely to open the batting. He averages 40 across 15 T20Is with a strike rate of Jeez. 155. It's <laughs> world class. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fair sample size. That's a very fair sample size. Do you remember I, when Sky used to do that thing where they'd add average and strike rate together? It's mm, 195. Ridiculous. The only uh, issue with that, and it is... I mean, it is probably slightly cynical. It, it, it does kind of show the quality of the sides they play a lot because they don't play a lot of the ma- other main nations. They play they play Ireland. Their last T20 was, was a was a 3-0 drubbing of Zimbabwe. And, you know, they don't play that many. They don't play that many of the big sides that often. I'd love them to come over and play a T20 series against England. Ooh, that would they, be fun. It would be great fun, wouldn't it? I, you know, other than that, they're, they're batting. They've got some experience. Afghan's played a lot of games. He he could also open with with Zazai. He's played sixty. He's had sixty six innings, but only averages twenty one. Strike over one hundred and ten. It could be good enough if there's some firepower around him. If they're defending a low score because the pitches have been slow, which I think is, as mentioned, it's what they need. Zadran yeah. is another player who's pretty good. It's all right. They're, yeah, their batting is is going to lack, I think. And it's going to be interesting to see how they go against these bigger sides because they've, you know, Zadran hit 72 from 35 in their last game, not out, which is, you know, it's an unbelievable innings, but Andy. but it's against Zimbabwe. Their their first game is against a qualifier, so they well, could get off to a good start. So what if, yeah, what if they do, you know, they've got, they've got a qualifier, two qualifiers in their first three games, uh, Pakistan a sandwich in the middle of their from what you've been saying, it sounds like they, they put these qualities, put these sort of lower nations to one side pretty comfortably now. So that's good. So you, that's two wins out of the first three. Sneak one against Pakistan, India, or New Zealand, and then they're right. I, they're right in it. They could, they could, they could do something here. It'd be a bit of bit of a stretch to say they can get out, but it's it's foreseeable, right? 
I yeah, I completely agree. I think Pakistan, we mentioned their lack of left-handers and right-handers, Rashid Khan against right-handers is absolutely lethal. Mujib can turn it away from the right-hander as well. And that could, you know, that in itself could cause Pakistan some serious problems. I would love to see Afghanistan three from three. I was You're just going to say that. Oh. That, 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 that would be ridiculous. That would throw Catalan's opinions in, in that whole group too. Because, Absolutely. you know, it, we're thinking it's going to be one of Pakistan, sorry, two of Pakistan, India, New Zealand. If all of a sudden Afghanistan raced to a three-zip start, they were going to be fighting for that second spot and it all might get a little bit tetchy and a bit chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, I don't, I, I like the idea of Izak, but I can't see it happening. I, I'm not sure the political situation has helped um, their build up to the game, uh, to, the, to the tournament rather. And if I've already said Australia are going in, I say Afghanistan are going in as well. Probably not. So I'm going to have to lay back on that one. Yeah, I mean, I've already called for Pakistan. I want to change my mind now. I want to say Afghanistan. Well, you're saying Afghanistan and Pakistan coming out of this group, knocking out India, New Zealand, the two qualifiers. <laughs> Why think, not? No, I think uh, so. Uh, India will India will qualify. They are yes, you know, favourites, and as mentioned in previous podcasts, their players are all playing on these pitches as we speak. So yeah, they're, they're, they're getting prep. lots of information from it. So would, India and Pakistan from this group for you, Afghanistan are, uh, have a chance, but they need that 3-0 start probably, don't they? Exactly. It's it's an outside chance. Yeah, they definitely need that 3-0 start. They are playing the last two games at Abu Dhabi, which has taken some turn and has been kind of quite low scoring. So, I mean, I, I can't see them beating India, but they could beat New Zealand in the, in the Turner. I definitely like the low scoring ones as them being a potential, definitely. So, why not? Why not win all? Why not win every game apart from the one against India? Hey, good well, If they do that, they're through. Well, they go then. Perfect. Well done to them. Um, that's all the teams. That's our whole preview done, Zach. I know we haven't recorded the other two yet, but for listeners, it's done. They've had the journey. They've been on it. The World Cup's a few days away, and it's very exciting. I've got to say, my little mental break from cricket, ignoring the IPL and the end of the county season, has got me very excited for this World Cup. Um, so I'm sure we'll do this with Will and Glenn when we do the Minnows episode, which people will hear a lot earlier than this one. There's no point in me doing this. But let's do it. Let's see if we got our minds have changed by then. What four teams are getting through to the semi-finals for you, Zach? Just stick your neck out right now. I haven't told you we're doing this, so that's even funny. I mean I I, I mean I want to be controversial. Do it. But... Do it. We can edit it out if it's terrible. <laughs> but just purely because of what we've just said about Afghanistan, if if there are no new pitches laid at these three stadiums, okay, Afghanistan and India to qualify. Pakistan, I'm sorry, everything I said about 40 minutes ago, Pakistan, <laughs> you're not making it, lads. Sorry. You've made the top of this pod pointless. Let's hope no one's made it this right. far and they just think if, your, your Pakistan points are great. So I think it's fine, though. I think it's a fine point. It's different because the thing is, is Pakistan spinners, as I did say earlier on, Pakistan spinners are not world-class. Their pace bowling is where they are world-class. So if it's not going to be doing it for those pace bots, and, you know, Shane Shafridi could bowl on any pitch. Give him, give him, you know, piece of the M25 to bowl on. He'll get (laughs) you some wickets with some in-zipping Yorkers. Other than that, Okay, so I'll go India-Pakistan because I'm like trying to sound like an actual pundit. 
Uh, and I've already said England, Australia. So there's my final four. Who you got coming out of England's group? England, West Indies. Yeah, I think that's a pretty solid pick as well. My next out in Australia, your next out in Afghanistan. We'll see what Will and Glenn say. You'd have already heard that by now. But here we are. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, Zach. Thank you for coming on. We've got the middle of the road teams out of the way. And maybe one of them will surprise us. But hopefully England don't surprise us and win the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd love in. I've loved. I obviously would love England to win the whole thing. You know, any of those teams apart from India in 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 my top four or in my top five, actually, as well as as well as Pakistan and Afghanistan. I would my the teams I'd like would be Pakistan, Afghanistan, England, and West Indies. Any of those four win it from there. I'm happy. Happy days. Okay, I think I'm with you on that. That would be a fun final four, wouldn't it? Uh, so we'll be back sort of periodically. We haven't quite decided yet. Probably every three or four days to review the tournament. Little slightly smaller pods to, to keep up with the action. Uh, so do join us for that. Enjoy the cricket. Enjoy the World Cup. We hope your team does well. Providing it's not uh, Australia. And we'll see you very, very soon. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.